a series of cryptic messages, a bizarre home makeover, and one man's mission that left the world reeling. Today we talk about the mysterious disappearance of a philosophy student. Hey, have you heard about Bruno Borges? everyone. Welcome to Hey, Have You Heard About? I am your host, Maddie, and joining me this episode is my dear sister, Claire. Hello. 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 Okay, so... Glad to be here. I'm so excited you're here. <laughs> um, we're outside in the cold. Um, slightly cold. Slightly cold? Very cold. Very cold. <laughs> um, because a lot of people said they liked the night sounds going on in the back of last podcast so that might just become a regular thing and once it definitely gets too cold to be outside um put it in post we'll put it in post that's (laughs) right (laughs) okay so as you guys know um every episode of the podcast i have a guest on and we talk about either a true crime case a paranormal story or a conspiracy theory and hopefully the guest has never heard of that particular story I'm telling. 98% I have not heard of this 98%. Story. I'm a little nervous because I, like, the first time I heard the story, I told a lot of people. But at the time, I was in freshman year of college, and you were not. So, uh... You didn't talk to me. I didn't talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, I'm a little nervous that I might have accidentally told you about it when I saw you. But... I mean, hopefully, hopefully not. So we'll see how this goes. Um, but, you know, as usual, we're starting with some good news. This is once again from goodnews.org. Uh, we. We. Um, love that website so much. I go on there when I feel sad. And I was feeling oh. kind of upset about school and grades and everything. You know, midterms were a few weeks ago, and that was a big old oof. They went on for forever. They did. I don't understand. It's the middle of the term, but they went on for, like, four weeks. Like a full month. Um, so I was on goodnews.org, and, uh, so here's, here's the headline, um, title. People from all faiths are forming protective rings of peace around synagogues. Aw. So... You know, I, as we're recording this, uh, unfortunately not the most recent shooting, but a shooting did occur at a synagogue. Um, it was, it was difficult, you know, time on so, like, social media was blowing up. It's just a lot of pain going on. But, so, um, in Canada, this is where this story comes from, hundreds of different people in Toronto, um, formed rings of peace around the synagogues in the city. I think, um, nine different synagogues. They, um, created... I like that. I like it too. It just, like, it makes me feel good. Um, so it took place last Friday and Saturday, um, during the services. So at nine different synagogues, all the participants, all the participants stood, uh, shoulder to shoulder as, like, a solidarity for the Jewish community, which is, like, so, something I wish would happen more often, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So the article said the National Council of Canadian Muslims created the event to show solidarity and they invited people of all faiths to join, which, you know, all did like Muslim, Christian, um, I'm trying to think of like the Muslim and Christian were the main Hindu. Hindu, um, those were the main ones that they mentioned in the article. Um, and I'm going to say his name wrong. I'm so sorry. Farad Kadim. He's one of the founding directors of the Islamic Institute in, of Toronto. And he said, um, quote, It's about the sanctity of life for everyone on earth, whether you are part of a certain religion or, not, or do not practice at all. A right to safety is paramount. It could be a mosque or a synagogue or a nightclub. It doesn't matter. Life is sacred. So he True. was he was like one of the main um, people who started it because um, he was actually so. There was a shooting last year at a mosque, I and remember that. yeah, I remember that too. But he said, like, he was really afraid to attend services at the mosque he went to yeah. because, like, you know, it's just difficult. I, it's difficult to process that, and then mm-hmm. it's also hard to, like, deal with, you know, everything. Because that's, like, a safe space as well right. for a lot of people. It's, like, one point in your entire week where you can just sort of go and just sort of, like, feel at peace and not have to worry about what may be going on in the outside world. Right. And then to have that sort of ruined for you by someone who is doing Has it. so much hatred yeah. in their hearts. It's gotta... It's gotta be scary. Mm-hmm. But, um, so he said he did this because the Jewish community, um, the Jewish community, the Christian community, and also non-religious participants, um, did the same thing for his mosque last year. Like, they formed protective like rings of peace around the mosque he went to and he said i think in the article i'm if i'm remembering correctly he said that he would not have continued to attend his mosque if that like hadn't happened because he didn't feel safe so like the fact that you know there's people out there who no matter your religion no matter what you believe like it's it's comforting to know that there are people out there who are going to support you and love on you and like just be there for you, you know? Yeah. Like, that's really comforting, for sure. For sure. Um, well, and then I think one church or one group raised, like... I'm actually about to get to that. The um, article ended by saying that Muslim Americans are helping as well. They raised $200,000 mm-hmm. for the victims and the families, and then they offered to form rings of peace around the synagogue as well. Let's do it. Just to make... Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do this. Honestly, like, when I read that, I was having a really bad day. And, like, that just made me feel so much better. Like, yeah. just to know that there are people out there like that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's really... Like, I keep saying it's comforting to know. And I'm glad that there are people in the world who care enough, you know? Well, even though they may not agree with you religiously, they still have enough, like, humanity and love... For mankind to just like help others out and make them feel more comfortable and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it's great. You know, there. I mean, it's like I say, like there's a lot of hate and there's a lot of bad things in the world, but 
there's also a lot of beautiful things and sometimes I think we just need to take a step back and like put it all into perspective and like realize that we're not here for very long so we should we should acknowledge I think you know the darkness and the hurt in the world but we should also shed light on the goodness in the world Mm -hmm. and I think that's just what you know we should do as people for sure I agree yeah okay are you ready We've got this good I news stuff. I do think stuff. it's kind of ironic that you do good news and then it's like, oh, let's talk about very sad stuff. Yeah, I just like, when I started thinking of this idea, I was like, okay, I don't want it to be sad the whole time, you know, because like I just said, the world is not black and white. I, so I just wanted to like shed some light on the good that people are doing in the world because... Some of these people that we talk about do really horrible things, and sometimes I just need to be reminded that there are people in the world who care enough, you know? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So, here we go. The main story. This story, mm, this story, it, um, it's hard to explain. Great. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to put into words a little bit. It's, um... It's interesting, to say the least. It'll, 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 it will. (laughs) Am I going to be terrified? No, it's not, um, it's not like that, in that sense. Okay. Um, okay, so Claire, um, I'm about to segue into the story. Here we go. With the best segue you've ever seen. What do my socks have on them? Aliens. Aliens, yes. So, hey, Claire. Did you put those on this morning knowing that you were going to do that? (laughs) I might have. (laughs) I'm the master of segues. I noticed them earlier when we were (laughs) setting up and I was like, I should have worn some funky socks. (laughs) I didn't know it was going to be this. Yeah, here we go. Okay, Claire. Hey, Claire. Yeah, what's up? Um, tell me, dear sister, have you heard about Bruno Boris? No. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Who? 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 Okay. Let's get this started, gang. This story is... Is that a person? It is a person. Okay. It is a whole person. Uh-oh. He is a man person. Uh-oh. Here we go. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Bruno Boris, and if I'm saying that wrong, I'm sorry, I don't speak... Um, Portuguese or Spanish. I don't know. What do they speak in Brazil? What? If this takes place in Brazil, they speak Portuguese, don't they? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Portuguese. Um, so I apologize. I'm gonna mess all of this pronunciation up. Um, so Bruno, um, like I said, he's from Brazil. What? You said Bruno and my brain just went, Bruno Mars, yes. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's not that, Claire. Bruno Boris. Um, Bruno, uh, he is 24 years old. He is a philosophy student. Um, He's actually written a bunch of books um, on theories of the meaning of life. And in those, he attempts to, like, explain the universe. Like, talk about... Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you know, casual stuff that 24-year-olds do. Um, Let me see. Victor Frankenstein 
building a human while he was like a college student. <laughs> no, you know, just fun college things that we do. Just it's like, just a good time. Talk about why we're here. Yeah. Okay. So, um, this was, and I screenshotted a lot from, like, he actually has an Amazon page, which we'll get to. Um, what year is this? This happened in 2016. So very recently. Two years ago. Yeah, I believe it was 2016, I'm pretty sure. Um, 2016, 2017. No, okay, yeah, 2017. One year ago. This is when the story happened. Um, so he has this book, and it's a, it's a bestseller. Um, and it's called The Theory of Knowledge Absorption, Alchemist of Acre. Which, Acre, I'm pretty sure is where he's from. Um, okay. So this is the description of the book so revised and expanded by the author already in the second edition with more than mm. 20,000 copies sold now it's your turn to find out what lies behind this mystery the first book by Bruno Boris proposes a methodology capable of enhancing the absorption and creation of knowledge the author proposes a series of practices and mechanisms that can lead the individual to multiply their knowledge with the practices proposed by Bruno Boris is the isolation which, according to the author, can potentiate spirituality and sensory organs to generate, quote, insights, producers of new knowledge. I think I understand what that was saying, but a lot of it did go over my head. <laughs> so, obviously, like, this dude is really smart. Like, putting yeah. it lightly, this dude is really smart. Um... So, his family described him as very smart and a natural-born leader. So, like, obviously this guy is, like, intelligent, he's, like, got it going on, he's 24, you know, he knows what's happening, pretty much. <laughs> did you write that in your notes? I did not. <laughs> got it going on, <laughs> 24, knows what's happening. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but he did, like, he, he got it all, he had his stuff together. Um... Let me see if I, I, my notes are a hot mess when I'm writing this, so just, like, if I start to ramble, that's me, like, looking for, um, to see if I've covered everything about Bruno before we get into the fact that he went missing on March 27th of 2017. Then how is this book revised by the author? Well, it was there before he went missing. Okay. Say that all again. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy when you said it. I was like, missing? How could he revise his book? <laughs> okay. Now I found a discrepancy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Bruno went missing March 27th of 2017. Okay. Is that, that's your reaction? Okay. Well, you said that he went missing. Well, you told me to... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, yes, he went missing. Um, so, he was last seen the Monday before he went missing at lunch. Um, there was CCTV footage of him running, which is the Whoa. last... Was the last known footage of him. Um, running from? Just running. Like, for a sport? Well, just running. You have to understand, a lot of my sources, um, I got it a lot from Reddit, and, like, 
primary sources, and a lot of this I ha- like was translated from Portuguese. So like, some of the information is kind of all over the place. Okay. So, um, keep it in mind. But yes, he went. He went running. Um, like he was running in the footage. So, obviously, like when his family and the police saw that, um, like they were like, oh, hmm. Well, that's not good. Not good. So, while they were searching for him, of course, the very first place they look is obviously, like, his room in his house. Like, that's, you know, that's usually where people, you you would look first if well, you found- Well, for clues. Bef- yeah, for clues, and also before you, like, call the police, you'd probably look in the place they spend yeah. the most of their time. Well, Bruno had been spending a lot of time in his room leading up to March 2017. He, just wait. Uh Uh-oh. He locked himself in his room for 24 days leading up to March. And when they walked in, let me Google, um, let me Google his room because it's, like, insane. So, like, if you search Bruno Borges... It's just Bruno, B-O-R-G-E-S. The very first thing that's going to pop up on images is probably himself, um, or it's going to be his room. Because in the span of 24 days, he completely transformed it from a bedroom to the weirdest home makeover you'll probably ever see. So what I'm about to show you, Claire... Um, in the middle, well, we'll get to that, because that's the piece de resistance. So, in his room, he had a lot of books, labeled, 14 books, all encrypted, labeled with Roman numerals. Um, Mm -hmm. he had painted, hand-painted, all of his walls with cryptic messages, which is what I posted on my Twitter as the clue, um, for this episode. Um, encrypted codes. Has anyone been able to figure it out? We'll get to that. Um, symbols all over the walls. Like, what is your reaction seeing this? It kind of makes me think that he got a, like, maybe had a breakdown or something like that, you know? Yeah. A psychotic breakdown. Um, pictures, this is kind of, it kind of made me laugh when I first saw it, but paintings of him with aliens. Gray aliens. (laughs) My bros. Um... And honestly, like, the piece de resistance, oh, he had a shrine, you to know. what? You'll see. Oh. Um, he had a shrine to, like, you know, sacred, ge- if you know what sacred geometry is, he had sacred mm-hmm. geometry everywhere, like, um, honestly, the, the best way I could describe it is, like, in Full Metal Alchemist, like, he had symbols that reminded me of that, like, in his room everywhere. Just, like, all these math equations, just encrypted, like, it's insane. You just... It's hard to describe over, you know, verbally. You just have to Google it yourself. So I definitely recommend um, Googling that. But it's very, like, pristine. It's not, like, yeah, scribbled all over or, like, wildly No, it's written. very meticulous. He did it in, like I said, 24 it's like days. It's like he did it in a notebook and then, like, printed it onto the walls yeah. or something. Um, so imagine... Okay, picture this. You're Bruno's parents. 
We'll, we'll get to that. Hold on. It's it's called suspense. Um, imagine you're Bruno's parents, and your son has gone missing. Stop. You don't know where he is. The last footage of him is him running away from something. And you walk into the room that looks like that. What would be your first reaction? Initial reaction. Maybe that he did have, like, a nervous breakdown or something, and then he started hallucinating or something like that and like seeing things and Mm -hmm. ran out and is now like somewhere by himself like paranoid and scared and stuff so pretty pretty hardcore like things like you're worried about him oh yeah well if i saw my kid running anywhere being chased or running or whatever, yeah. Right. And he's missing number one, I'd be worried about. Right. So, um, let's see. I'm trying to find the exact, um, thing, like, the exact height of this thing. Because in the center of the room, in the center of the room, there was this huge, um, hmm... Okay, I can't find the exact height. It was, this thing is huge, though. Um, so, you know, there's there's paintings of men in the with like cloaks. The notes are written in a language no one can decode. Fourteen encrypted books and all that. So, what would you do if you walked into your son's room and you saw this huge marble statue hey. in the center of the room? Did he make it? Yes, he paid somebody to build this statue for him. Who is it? Uh, we'll get to that, I promise. Um, so, what would you do if you just, I mean, it, it's, when I say it's in the center of the room, I mean it's literally in the center of the room. It's surrounded by another, like, circle, um, of sacred geometry. This is the guy that the shrine he built, um, was, like, Ooh. dedicated to. It's, it's honestly really creepy. It is. Um. It doesn't even look like a room, it looks like a museum or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, like, completely, for... Are, for the listeners, it's like a completely white room with a lot of small, tiny writing on the walls with symbols, and then you've got this huge statue of this guy in a cloak in the middle of the room. So now what would you think if you were his parents? That he joined, like, a cult or something? Yeah. Okay, so the price of the statue was really expensive, hmm. obviously. Yeah. Um... He actually, um, he actually borrowed money from his cousin to get it built. He borrowed a lot of money, which, you know, 24-year-olds do, you know, but not to build build statues. Um, so the statue is actually of a guy. He was an Italian philosopher born in 1548. His name is Giordano Bruno. Hey. Hey. <laughs> so, Bruno, I'm just going to refer to him as uh, Gio. Gio is fine. Giordano. Um, so, Gio was an astronomer, a mathematician, and an occultist whose theories anticipated modern All science. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I th- was like, astronomer? Mathematician? Occultist? <laughs> he was what? <clears throat> yeah. So, we're going to talk a little bit about Giordano right now, just to get a feel for him. Um, And maybe you'll see why Bruno was so interested in him. 
So he um, he worked on a lot of different theories. So his main theory, one of them was um, a theory about an infinite infinite universe. So he believed that the universe there was no end to it. And remember, this was at a time when like you know things are super censored, and if you yeah. if you like believed all these scientific theories, you were wrong. You know? Yeah. To the point where you would be burned at the stake. You know? Pretty harsh time period. Yes. So, um, he was, like, really pushing for, like, the heliocentric model of the universe, um, which is, like, you know... That we revolve around the sun. We revolve around the sun, right. And not everything revolves around us. Yes. Um, so, he pushed hardcore for that. Um, he just, like, was super, you know... He was ahead of his time, I think. He was definitely ahead of his time. But he was also an occultist. But he was also an occultist. Um, <coughs> so, um, he actually used to be a Dominican monk, but he was tried for heresy because he believed Christ wasn't divine. So that was a big theory at the time, that Jesus was not actually the son of God, he was just a messenger. He was just a man, a normal man. Isn't that kind of a monk thing, that you gotta think that about Jesus? That he was divine? Isn't that part of the job description? <laughs> well, that's why he was sort of kicked out, for heresy. <laughs> Listen, I didn't say he was a good monk. <laughs> he was just a monk. A monk. Yeah. So he believed that Christ was not divine. Um, so he embraced Calvinism instead. But he was arrested shortly after and excommunicated for publishing something that went against a famous Calvinist professor. Um, Calvinism? Yeah, Calvinism. So, like, yeah, Presbyterians. Well, that's Presbyterians, right? Yeah. What? Calvinism? <laughs> Cut this out and explain this to me. What is Calvinism? I don't want them to think Predestination. That's what Calvinism is? Yes. Why do they call it? Who is Calvin? John Calvin. Who? <laughs> hey, have you heard about John Calvin? <laughs> Can I please keep that in? <laughs> Maybe. If it okay. works. Okay, so he, he went against a famous Calvinist professor. He was excommunicated, kicked out of the church. Okay. So then he started following, or he started writing six dialogues. Um, six, like, books, and three were cosmolo cosmological, and three were moral, so those were the themes, mm -hmm. and he said the Bible shouldn't be followed for its astro uh, astronomical details, but its moral ones. So he was like, he said that the Bible should only be followed for its moral rules, so you shouldn't be looking at the Bible to figure out, like, if the Earth is the center of the universe, or if you should vaccinate your kids or blah 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 to make it you know more modern people do that they're like it's against the bible to vaccinate my kids what <laughs> i don't know i don't know uh listen to geo parents that do that um so he never stayed in one place for long they didn't have vaccines in the bible. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have vaccines in the bible <laughs> what hey have you heard about <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. So, 
Oh my god, so, he never stayed in one place for long, Geo did, uh, because obviously he was kind of hated by everybody that met him, pretty much. Um, I feel like he was, like, a nice guy. You know, he like- He was an occultist! R slash nice guy, I feel like he was like, I'm smarter than you, my IQ oh, is, like, blah blah blah. I thought you meant, like, he's a pretty good guy, <laughs> I was like, no, he no, was no. in a cult. No, 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 no. Um, okay, so, um, Isn't that what occultist means? Yes. People are going to think I'm dumb. No, no, they're not. <laughs> You're just quirky. <laughs> I'm just clarifying everything. Yeah. So that I don't get confused later on. Yeah. Okay, so... And so the viewer doesn't get confused later on. Listener, not viewer. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it again. <laughs> okay, so... Um, his... Let's see. So his ideas um, of religious and philosophical tolerance um, are were welcomed to some extent, extent, um, but his emphasis on like magical and occult ideas were not as accepted. So he was like, the Bible is great and everything, but also like magic is cool too, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like that was just his vibe he gave off. Um, but it's okay because in, on February seventeenth of sixteen hundred, he was burned alive. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, indeed. Geode. Um, so I'm looking... So you you can kind of see, like, why Bruno... Wait, is it a cult or a cult? A cult. That just means supernatural. Yes. We're both dumb. <laughs> <laughs> he, but he believed in magic and things like that. <laughs> he was involved I with... I thought you were saying a cult. No. And I was going... He was in a cult. <laughs> and you were like, yeah, he was a cult. And I was like, yeah, what cult? Oh my gosh. No, okay. So, obviously, Bruno, our friend Bruno, was super interested in Giordano Bruno. Um, they had the same name. They had the same name. They, like... I think Bruno shared a lot of the same beliefs as Geo, in the fact that he thought there were more things to the universe. Um, also, they looked weirdly similar. Like, if you look at a picture of Giordano and Bruno, like, they look honestly freakishly similar. Yeah. Like, same nose. Yeah. Same eyes. Yeah, it's, like, kind of disturbing a little bit, honestly. Not disturbing as in, like, ugh, disturbing, but, like, spooky, you know? Maybe he had, like, I mean, Bruno. Not Giovanna Bruno, but, like, Bruno had some... Maybe he found that out and he developed, like, delusions of grandeur or something. Mm-hmm. Don't you know, you hear a lot of people being, like, I'm Jesus, I'm the, or, like, I'm pregnant with Jesus, and it's, like, you know, But I'm, then you go on Dr. Phil and you know that you're not. So um, maybe he sort of saw that they look similar, and that's why he got so into with the statue and with the writing on the walls right. and all that stuff. Um, so Bruno was, like, obsessed with Giordano. Obviously, he had a statue of him made to put in his room. Um, he was so obsessed with him, he actually believed that he was the reincarnation of yeah. Giordano, Bruno. That's what I was saying. Like, it was, I mean, because they, uh, honestly, like, when I was searching, you know, about Giordano, like, I looked at a picture of him, and I was like, that looks just like Bruno. 
you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary how much they look, like, alike. Definitely check that out. Um, you can Google it. It's it's the first thing that pops up on images when you put both of their names in the thing. Like, it's just insane. Yeah. Um, so, let me see. Let me see. So, the family said that they knew about the project he was working on in his room, but he wouldn't tell anybody about it. Um, his mother said that Bruno told her in 2013 that he was writing 14 books, and wow. he said that they would change mankind in a good way. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, his family was aware that he was working on his something. His family today, are they still, like, looking for him? We'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to I that. I feel sad. That family. Their son is missing. Yeah. Um, and now people theorize about him. Yeah. So, um, his father said, this was a quote from early on, like a newspaper that was written, an article written early on after his uh, disappearance. Um, his father said, I went in there into his room and did not see the bed. I did not see anything. I just saw it all. At that moment, I saw that Bruno was gone. Oh. So, he's missing. That's very sad. Yeah. So, Obviously, like, this case is bizarre. Um, it's obviously so strange. And not only that, um, these are some other things that were in his room. Um, that, you know, it's obvious to see, like, the, the writing on the wall and the statue in the middle of the room and the sacred geometry everywhere. You know, all of that. It's obvious to see that. But, um, if you looked closer, um... There was, uh, if you guys don't know what this is, uh, there's something online called Cicada Number 3301, I believe it's what it's called. Um, that's something I would love to talk about in a future episode, so I'm not going to go too in-depth into it, but it's basically like a big encrypted thing that people have been trying to decode for years now. Um, that symbol was up in the corner above his door, I believe. Maybe he solved it. Maybe he solved it. Um, so, mm -hmm. so, there were also, like, a lot of different codes, um, in the room, obviously. Um, let's see. So, I believe this was, and the video I watched on this was, um, it, it was kind of hard to follow a little bit because the guy was sort of all over the place, but, I mean, it gave a lot of good information. Um, so it says here that the Cicada website, which is, I think, a website Bruno... You know, it, it's like the Cicada number, you know, 3301. Mm-hmm. Um, it changed at one point, um, and an MP3 was uploaded with the title Bruno. Did he own the website? No. Was this after he went missing? This was after he went missing. So, um, the song ends at, uh, I think my handwriting says 536666, which is a master debit card in Brazil. It correlated with, like, a a debit card in Brazil. So a lot of people thought that was Bruno, like, telling people that he was okay. Um. What was the song? Um... I, I can't... It was, like, this really weird, um... 
I think it was a techno beat. The video, like I said, the video I watched was a little bit confusing. I think they played a clip of it, but that was the time code that it ended at, I believe. Um, so then, let's see. So, um, there's this website called Pastebin, I'm pretty sure. This is where it gets confusing, so hang on. Here we go. Um, there's this website called Pastebin. And you can make a post on there. And I, th if I'm remembering correctly, this was the post he made. Like I said, the video was confusing, so it was hard to t keep up while taking notes. Um, but I screenshotted, I think this is the message from Pastebin. Um, it was in binary. Somebody translated it. And it said, hello, my name is Bruno Del Melo Silva Boris, and I am 24 years old. I am a psychologist and I am very smart. I left 14 books with messages with different letters. The answer will be revealed on 41417 at 1700, so stay tuned. The statue I bought and left in my room, I left the room all white and wrote many things. Good and this. So, that's what it said. Hmm. Um, so then, once the song was released, a few days later... And this was all, like, several weeks after he okay, went missing. I was just about to ask, what's the time frame? This is several weeks. Four, whatever, whatever. That's, like, April. Yeah, this is several weeks after Wait, he went missing. what was the 4-4-17, I believe. 4-14-17. So this is several weeks after he went missing. Um, so there was a new message on Pastebend a few days later, after the song came out. And it said, I'm living in caves, please do not disturb. So, it's hard to tell if this was actually, you know, Bruno, because people can lie about that yeah. stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, so, Very true. at this point in time, this is when the police got involved. Um, what? They weren't involved before? Well, it's been several weeks? This, no, 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 no. So, <laughs> at this point in time, they had been involved. Okay. You know? I was like... Thank so, you. it got so confusing... Like, they had no leads besides... Oh, hold on. They had one lead. Um, so, when Bruno went missing... Um, let's see if I can find the time frame. Okay, yeah, so here it is. So, um, he left home with a backpack. And he walked one kilometer... Kilometer whatever, and then got into a taxi to go to a motel. And, like, the footage of him running, I think, was at the motel. Okay. Um, I believe. And that was the last place he was seen. Hmm. So his friends claimed to know what happened to him, but they would not confess. They said um, he left on his own accord, he knows what he's doing, like, he's okay, he's like, you know, don't worry about him, he's fine. Um... And it turns out, you know, once the once the news of his disappearance sort of started to get more attention around the town, this woman came forward, and she's uh, she was a like dressmaker, mm -hmm. and Bruno. She says she claims that Bruno went to her and asked her to make three cloaks, silver cloaks. Okay. And she asked if they were for church, and he responded almost that. Hmm. Hmm. I do like that answer. Almost that? You might start saying that? Please don't go disappearing Almost. on me. 
Um, let's All see. So, he was like, okay, he so. He was planning to go. He was planning to go. He um, was not this, chased. No, he was not chased. He was planning. As it, I thought he was. Yeah. Um, so, of course, once they knew that he went to the motel, they obviously, like, went to go check the motel out. Um, so, behind the motel, there was what the, the townspeople call a spiritual place, like, in the woods. Mm-hmm. So people would go out there to, like, uh, rejuvenate themselves, surround themselves with nature. There's some just something about this place that was very spiritual to the people. So Bruno went out there, apparently, um, because that's he was last seen behind the motel heading to that area. Running? Heading. Like, just going to that area. Running? Running to that Maybe, area? I don't know. But you said running. But he... He was last seen on video running, but he was last seen at the motel. Okay. Yeah. So, at that spot, they found... (laughs) Maybe. uh, (laughs) Why do you expect me to know if he was running there, Claire? (laughs) And I'm like, the video. (laughs) Um, So, when they got there, they found traces of a bonfire, four white chairs, and one red chair. Okay. Yeah. So, that's like... So, obviously, there were more people involved. Cultish. Cultish, indeed, with the cloaks and everything. Yeah. Um, almost. What was it? Almost that. Almost that. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, at this point, people think, like, he left willingly. Um, yeah. His friends said, like, his friends claimed when asked, like, what, why did he do this? They said that this was his masterpiece and his legacy. Well, they weren't wrong. No, they weren't wrong. now this is what he's famous for. Yeah. Um, took a sip of my cold hot chocolate. Um, so obviously a case like this, it's crazy. It's insane. The internet's gonna pick up on it, right? As the internet does. As the internet does. So a lot of the theories about this, um, were that, one, he was abducted by aliens, because he had so much alien stuff going on in his room. People thought he had been contacted by aliens. They encouraged him to set up the shrine, and then they took him away to show him the truths of the universe. Did he have, like, a heavy internet presence on any forums? Um. Because, you know, I don't know, for some reason I would just, I just thought that, like, maybe he had been talking to people and explaining... Like, did he have any diaries or, like, something um, that could say where he was, what he was thinking while he was doing all the stuff with his room? Mostly just his friends. Like, when he was building his room, working on it, you know, home improvement, um, he had a lot of contact with his friends. Like, they would go in and out, and the only outsider allowed in his room other than his friends was the guy who dropped off the statue. So, like, I mean, he was very secretive, very closed off. Um, so, another theory, like you said, he had a psychotic break. Um, or, and I feel like you'll laugh at this one, um, he was contacted by the Men in Black. From the movie Men in Black? (laughs) No, from, like, the, like, um, urban legends and stuff. What is that? It's like, if you, they're like, if you see an alien, they usually come and say, don't talk about it. 
Like the movie Men uh, in Black. Yes, like the movie Men in Black. We okay. Um, so a lot of people started to decode, like, started working to decode his books. They still have not been decoded to this day. They're just so aggressively, like, confusing. Have parts of it? Parts of it have been. I'm about to read some of it. Um, so it literally, like, got global attention. Like, there was a Twitter moment about Bruno missing. Wow. So it was, like, all over Reddit. It was all over Twitter. How did I not hear about this? Wait, well, were you on Twitter in 2017? Yeah. A lot? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, how did you not hear about this? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, I mean, it got attention on, like I said, on Reddit, Twitter, Facebook. Every person, like, so many people, thousands of people were working to decode these books. And to this day, like, they still haven't been able to completely decode them. So here's an excerpt from one of their one of the books. Um, this section is called Hard Way. All right, you know you said the summary of his book on Amazon was confusing. Oh boy. <laughs> Hard Way. For thousands of years, the human being has been trying to find answers to questions such as what is the meaning of life. Mm -hmm. Philosophy that seems to have begun with tales of Miletus in the middle of 700 BCE aims to find traces of unanswered questions. The deep search for absolute truth comes from philosophy, and we, when we talk about easy or difficult paths, we are referring to this type of theorem. It is easy to accept what you have been taught since childhood and, that, and what is wrong. It is difficult when you are an adult to understand that you have been taught wrongly since you suspected that you were correct. In other words, if you fit into some of the stimuli of the environment, you determined a certain behavior, making you at the mercy of well-established and established beliefs in dogmas and rituals with a concentrated mass of people in it, or allowing you to conform, accepting the concept of happiness and meaning of life embedded in the media and society then clearly you are part of the easy path to the quest for absolute truth. Does it fit the, sec the second option, that is, the one who suspected every set of beliefs that was rooted to him, then this one has everything to be an investigator of the truthfulness in the things around him, entering in a more complicated way in which a minority ventures or bravely faces. So it's like always question your surroundings pretty much yeah okay so like i mean his it, it's like always question things around you like don't ever be complacent you know create your own opinions which i you know i believe that i think that's a good philosophy to have i don't want to write 14 encrypted books about it and then disappear personally yeah yes Yes. Okay. Who, no one wants to do that. So, Bruno is missing. That's not the end of the story. We're not done yet, sisters. I was like, where did he go? Oh, God, sorry. That, that was, was my, really? that was my <laughs> Dr. Pepper bottle. <laughs> um, okay. Now I'm going to tell you about Project Enzo. We are just unpacking. We are unpacking. When I said this is a confusing episode, I really meant this is a confusing episode. Um, Love that. So, here we go. So, this is a few, I think a month into Bruno being missing. Maybe, you know, a few weeks. Wait, what happened on 414? Um, I, I don't think anything happened. Why do you say watch out for it? I'm... 
we'll get to that. Okay. So, Bruno is still missing. Um, the Acre Civil Police, which is the police group, um, arrested one of his friends, Marcelo Ferreria. Ferreira? Marcelo. Um, for false witness. And the reason they went, uh, they arrested him for false witness was because they found all of Bruno's bedroom furniture in his house. Okay. So, um, let's see, let's see. Um, so obviously, like, they were like, oof, that's not good. Um, the whole reason, like, he was arrested for false witness was because he didn't tell them that the furniture was there, and he claimed, like, it was because Bruno said not to tell anybody. Like, Bruno was like, don't tell them where my furniture is, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, hold on. (laughs) Um, Bruno was a very strange person, obviously. Um, so while they were searching the house, like, going through all the furniture, they found contracts... From Bruno, detailing a book deal with Marcelo, another friend, um, I believe his name was, um, I don't know if I wrote down his name, but he was another friend. His name, uh, like, his last name was, like, Gayoti, something like that. Again, I'm really bad with pronunciations. Bruno had already published a book. Bruno had already published a book. Um, And then also the contract was with his cousin, Eduardo. Um, So the whole court order also helped them. uh, It was meant to help identify Bruno's location because they figure, like, in court, you know, he's got to tell the truth. He's got to testify, and if he's, you know, lying, then that's a big problem for him. So he has to tell us where Bruno is when we, like, investigate him. So, um, once they found the contract, they started to look deeper into it. And on the day that Bruno disappeared, before he ran away, he went and got the contract notarized. Okay. So... Like, if he was planning on leaving, mm-hmm. why get it notarized? So the contract was titled Project Enzo. And there are text messages between Marcelo and the other friend who, whose name I, I had, didn't write, write down, um, who were saying that they would get rich with 14 encrypted books. What? Yes. Um, there was also text messages between them that showed that they were both celebrating when the media, like, grabbed on the story and it started trending on Twitter and it started going insane. Like, so many people were talking about it. They were like, yes, this is what we wanted. I've got a bad feeling about this. You've got a bad feeling about this. Um, so, let's see. Um, it, so, Marcelo finally, like, when he was being interrogated, he finally revealed that um, they helped with everything. Like, he and his friend and the cousin helped with literally everything. So they... why aren't they missing? Um, well, hold on. So, they participated in the entire room transformation. Um, they knew where Bruno was, um, but the kicker was that all of them would benefit 
from the book if they maintained 100% confidentiality. So, because they signed the contract and whatever, it was hard to get them to talk. Because for them, it was money on the line. Yeah. So, I forgot to mention, at this time, you know, you search Bruno Borges before all this happened, his books are going to pop up. His books were selling like crazy. Like... Controversy sells. Yeah. Number one on Amazon. Bestseller. For like weeks. Because people were like, we have to know what this guy was... Like, what was going on. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's a detective. (laughs) Everybody's a detective. Okay. Um, So, when the police came out with this information, the family got really upset. Um, the sister said that they all knew about the contract. So, did those two other guys then know what the 14 encrypted books say? Um, the, the source I got this from did not say, no. I'm not sure if they do or not, um, but we'll get to that eventually. So, the family said that they knew that there was a contract, they knew what it was about. Um, the sister accused, Bruno's sister accused police of trying to ruin Bruno's image, and also said that the family was going to publish one of Bruno's newer books pretty soon. Hmm. So, like, hey, like, don't make my brother look bad. Also, by the way, his book is going to be on sale soon. So, like, there's a lot of shady stuff happening here, you know? Yeah. At first I was like, she just said they were going to publish the book. But now I'm like, if your brother's missing, why would you publish a book? Yeah. Um, before, I forgot to mention, before he left, he kept asking his dad to, like, borrow money to patent a book. So he was like, I want to patent this book. It's really important. I need to make sure this book gets out to the world. And his dad was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, wait, 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 you know? And so that was before he disappeared. Mm -hmm. Um. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So do you think that's the end of the story? Probably not. Probably not. You're so right. Oh, okay. Boy. Bruno returned. Wait. Five months later. Uh? <laughs> and? He returned. He just came back. He was like, I'm fine. Um, he, when he came back, there was such, like, a firestorm. He literally could not stay in his family's house because there were so many people there wanting to ask him questions. So he couldn't, um, but there is an exclusive interview by, um, I guess it's a famous, like, news channel, um, in Brazil, um, with Bruno, and he's walking around his room, and he's explaining why he did everything he did. So are you ready for this? Yes. So we have the idea that maybe he did this for money, you know, maybe he was like, if I disappear, my book is going to sell like crazy. Which it did. Which it did. So, I mean, there was the contract. It was obvious that, like, he... He wanted money, I think. It was obvious from the contract. So here's his reasoning. He said that his main goal was to get people to want to acquire knowledge. Okay. So, I perceive that as sort of like we were saying, like, mystery controversy gets mm-hmm. people interested in your stuff. Right. So maybe he disappeared because he wanted people to buy his books. Right. Maybe not for money, but maybe for 
to spread the message of those books. Right. Um, so, in the interview, he repeated the phrase, acquire, seek knowledge, like, a lot. I think the source that I read, if I'm reading it correct, like, remembering it, um, he said, like, that maybe 10 or 15 times. Like, just acquire, seek knowledge, acquire, seek knowledge. Like, that was his answer for a lot of things. Um, so, they asked him, obviously, like, where did you go? That's what I want to know. You know, and he refused to say where he was during his isolation. But he did say that he was in the midst of nature. So, so in a cave. In a cave, maybe. Um, like he said in the website. Yeah. Um, so he said that he admitted that his disappearance was premeditated. That's mm-hmm. pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, he said he thought people would know he went into isolation in search of the truth once they saw his room. Which, for me personally, if I walked in and I saw a room like that, I would think, he needs help. Like, I wouldn't think, oh, he's meditating in the woods somewhere in the mountains in a cave with all the nature. I would think, where is he? Because he obviously needs psychological help. Yeah. Like, if you have an obsession that bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, it would make you for sure sort of realize that he left of his own doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um, so, let's see. He said um, he wanted people to become more avid for the mysteries because he considers one who does not enjoy the mysteries is somehow dead since the world is a mystery and yet end. And we know nothing yet. So basically he's like, if you're not curious, you're dead. We know something. We know some things. <laughs> but like his, base, according to him, his whole, uh, I guess thesis for this whole adventure was like, people aren't curious anymore, so let me literally go missing just to make people wonder. And like make them engaged and make them part of the world again. You know? I get it. Yeah. I mean... I understand why he did that. The way I said I get it made it sound like I'd do the same. <laughs> like, uh, I was like, yeah, right on, good actions. But I just, I understand why he did that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, motive, so he said the statue was to draw attention to Giordano Bruno because he thinks that his works are really important. Which, that's sort of wild, too, if he just made the crazy room, made the statue, went away for so long, only for basically, I mean, publicity stunt isn't the right word, but sort of Attention. That, yeah, like, that's kind of wild, too, if he did all that stuff as sort of, like, a ploy, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like, I'm, I'm lazy, I don't think I could go to all that trouble, you know? To work for 24... Like, well, I mean, also, it's days. wild being like, okay, I'm going to purposefully make books that are... Encrypted. Yeah, and And these books are thick. Like, impossible to encrypt, only so that people will attempt to encrypt them, and then by attempting to encrypt them, learn that there's still things to learn in the world. Yeah. Like, it's sort it's of It's backwards, like, if you think about it. Well, it's it. kind of just like, whoa. Like... Was Bruno woke? Is no. Bruno more woke Not than woke. us? No, I know, woke. I know, but I'm asking, is Bruno more woke than us? 
Is Bruno the woke king we've been searching for? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my goodness. Okay, so he said that the marketing scheme idea was false, and he only wanted people to be interested in gaining knowledge. But, like, why would you... See, the thing that gets me, I would believe all of this if there was not a secret contract. You know? Well, gaining that knowledge was gaining the knowledge that Bruno had knowledge on. <laughs> so it's he says that he's doing it so that they can develop their own ideas, but it's his ideas that they are developing. Yes. Um so he said that no crime was committed because it was a voluntary absence. Yeah. Um and his family also says like it was not a marketing plan because they knew about it. Um, so the last thing Bruno left with us, which I think he would, I think he, he wanted people to talk about him. He wanted people to talk about his ideas and things like that. And this was just his way of, like, getting people to talk about him. As weird as it is. And it worked. Like, it's incredible how much it worked. We're talking about him now. Exactly. Um, but Bruno says he wants to build a career and keep writing. He wants to never stop learning and teaching. And he also wants to learn more about himself. So that was, like, the last thing he left the interview with. Like, which I can understand. Like, this sort of feels like that balloon boy thing. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, that kid was in the weather balloon and then it turns out that he was just in their house. And then, like, they interviewed the kid later and they were like, why didn't you tell anyone? Like, why didn't you come out of the house when you heard people calling your name? And he was like, because my dad told me not to. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, okay, then did the dad make up the whole thing for some reason? Yeah. It's a very bizarre... That's what this kind of feels like. When I first heard about this, it was on um, Kendall Ray's video about it, which is linked in the description below. Love Kendall Ray. She has a lot of cool information about different cases. But, like, um, when I first heard about this, like, a year ago, I was just like, oh my god, like, this is so bizarre. But it's also really interesting, like... It's just kind of, like, a different story. Like, I was kind of expecting for you to tell me, like, a true crime, or, like, a paranormal, and this is kind of just, like, Okay, here's something that this guy did. Well, it's kind of true crime at the beginning. Ask, yeah. Ask, yeah. There's a a method to my madness, I promise. But then it comes out and he's just like, what about it? <laughs> Which I think is so interesting. Like, yeah, it's, I, I thought, think it's really interesting too. It's just not what I how I expected the story to go. At right. All. I think like he. I literally did not know that he had come back until I started researching for this. Like, because huh. all the videos I watched about this were, like, from a year ago, you know, when, when he happened. was, when it happened. But now he's back, and, like, I, I low-key want to buy one of his books. Like, low-key, if there's an English version, I kind of want to buy it. Just to see what he's talking about, you know? That's, that's his point. Exactly. He, what I'm saying, it, whatever this was, it worked. It worked. <laughs> like, it's so bizarre. And it's the weirdest way to, like... It's like when a movie is like... Like with the Suicide Squad movie, where they were like, Jared Leto is so in character. He sent a live rat to Margot Robbie. Yeah. He sent, like, stuff to his castmates so that people would go see the movie. And then 
being like, wow, Jared Leto did all that crazy stuff. It's like almost like a... It also... It's like, for another movie analogy, because that's what I know. Yeah. It's like before the Academy Awards when everybody does the For Your Consideration campaigns where they're like, blah, 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 for Best Actor, you know, and they have billboards and it's like, it's there to get you to want to go see the movie and yeah. go see that, what they're trying to say with the movie. Right. It's like he did it... For book. For, at, f- to get people to see what he was trying to say with his books and all that well, stuff. Well, if you think about it, like, reading through this case, it really reminded me of, like, the marketing they did for the Blair Witch Project originally. Yeah. Like... Where everyone thought it was real. Everyone thought it was real, they thought they actually went missing. So, like... I guess that explains, too, why his walls and the whole room was more like a museum. Because it, it was, like... A sh- literally a shrine. Yeah, to it was, like, Giordano a Bruno. facade, kind of. Yeah. As in, like... It, it makes you... Oh, oh, it's so interesting. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, just, like, thinking back to when I first saw that mere minutes ago. <laughs> and I was, like... Oh, it's creepy. Wow, he wrote on the wall so mm-hmm. pristinely. Mm-hmm. It looks more like a museum. It doesn't even look... Like, that's the point. Yeah. Was so that people, when he originally went missing, would go, Oh, wow, the room, it's so pristine. Wow, he must have really thought blah, blah, blah. Right. And then when it would cause this, like, thing. This yeah. big thing. I mean, it literally got a moment on Twitter... Only big news stuff gets that most of the time. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the, the Thanos thing. Like the Thanos thing. <laughs> People think Thanos is hot. <laughs> and it was like, thank you, Twitter moments. <laughs> okay, maybe Twitter moments isn't as, as impressive as I'm trying to make it sound. Um, so any last thoughts on Bruno? That's it. I mean, that's... Well, Bruno, <laughs> he missed me on the first time around. Because I guess I wasn't paying attention. But he got me in the end. Because mm-hmm. here I am knowing about Gio- was Gior- Giordano. Giordano. About Bruno and what he believed. Do you feel oh. enlightened? I feel kind of duped. <laughs> <laughs> I feel duped. I was taking in all the information at the beginning and then it was just like, Yes, that is the reason. <laughs> now, don't you feel smarter, Claire? And I'm just kind of like, yeah, why not? Sure. Sure, whatever. I learned about an Italian man. <laughs> Gio's. Giordano. I keep wanting to say Giamatti. Like, Paul Giamatti. And that's not The it. great philosopher. Paul Giamatti. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's pretty much the end of the story. Um, that's Bruno Boris. You're welcome, Bruno. We <laughs> talked about it. Bruno, I want to buy your book, low-key. Uh, send it my way. DM me on Twitter. <laughs> I hope he's not listening, because I feel like he's going to be like, these two girls, they didn't he's know gonna what think Calvinism we're so dumb. was. <laughs> he's going to think we're so dumb. We're just not smart enough to understand. On it, like, legitimately. Legitimately, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you guys so much for this listening. Is not what I expected at all from this. I really expected to leave a story because I, I didn't know what this was gonna be about. Yeah. So I expected for it to be like, 
we would get done recording and I would be like, oh man, uh, that's a true bummer. Or like, ooh, I'm kind of spooked now, but I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I guess I'll go read. <laughs> that's what he wanted though. I know. That's what gets it's me so every time it works. I kind of... I think I like this story a you, lot. I figured you would. I thought, I, I was thinking about what to do for you, and I was like, Claire would like Bruno. I think I like this story a lot, because he, he swindled us. <laughs> he swindled us. He got us all. <laughs> all right, well, any other comments before and I... And then, it's oh. like, it's like, <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. It's like that, you remember, like, in grade school, when people would be like, hey, and you'd be like, what's up? And they'd be like, you lost the game. And you were like, ah, oh, because the game was, you can't think about the game. Right. By the way, everyone listening, you just lost the game. <laughs> this is kind of like the game where you're like, Bruno, I don't know about that. And then he's like, well, now you do, and that's the whole point. <laughs> and then everyone listening, it's like, ha, huh, you won the Bruno game. <laughs> <laughs> because now you know about Bruno. We we've all won, we've heard about we've Bruno. Won the Bruno game today. <laughs> Thank God. So glad. Okay. Any other? <laughs> anything else? I think that was the right analogy. That was the perfect analogy. On. Okay. The I think that was a great the game. So congratulations, everyone. You all just won or lost the Bruno game. I think we won. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you can, leave us a review on iTunes. The reviews actually really do help. Um, shout out to Sarah for the very first review on the iTunes. Cute. Love you, girl. Thank you so much Yay. for listening. Um, so if you have any questions or you want to get connected or you want you know updates about future episodes or anything like that, you can follow the Twitter, um, Hey, Have You Heard About? Um, that handle is H-H-Y-H-A podcast. That's H-H-Y-H-A podcast. And that link is going to be in the description below along with Claire's uh, Twitter and links to all the sources um, that I used for this episode. There's a car. There's a car. Hong Kong. So, Claire, do you want to uh, drop your Twitter real fast? They, no. They, <laughs> they'll be able to find they'll it. They'll be able to find it. I retweet it. everything. It's <laughs> posted on the thing. Have you heard about Twitter? Yeah. Um, it's your own mystery to solve. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will be back next month with a brand new guest and a brand new story. Um, what was the thing that Bruno said? Almost that. Almost that. Almost that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I literally said, when you told me that, I said, huh, I like that phrase. It's very interesting. <laughs> I want to start saying that. That's the point. <laughs> Is that you want to start saying stuff like we're what still, he said? Still, okay, let me end the episode and then we can talk more about this. All right, thank you guys so much for Goodbye. much for listening. Um, I will see you guys next episode. What? Goodbye. Uh.